Good morning, everybody. It is Monday morning, May 3rd, 2021, in the year of our Lord. And I am Paul Gilbert. And if you just stumbled onto this feed, this is something we do um, most weekdays here at 8 o'clock. We spend about 15 minutes unpacking a portion of God's Word, explaining it. What did it mean then? What does it mean now? How does it relate to us? And we are coming down the home stretch of our walk through the book of Exodus. This is a study that we started, I think, back at the beginning of the year. And we're coming down the home stretch because this is the last week that we'll, we will be in this book um, before taking um, a break and circling back around to, to something else uh, down the road maybe towards the end of the end of the summer I have a little summer break here so we are we're gonna wrap up this week then and we are here coming up to the last five or six chapters really about last five chapters in the book of Exodus and to explain like how these last five chapters function in the book um, um, in relationship to the rest of the book let me let me kind of use this um, building example so if your family if you guys decide to to build to build a home um, a new house or a church decides to to build a new building um, you might have a committee that sits around or a, or a team meeting and talks about all the different ideas what you want to see happen in this house and you may even write those down you may even have some sketches and and this is sort of like the vision of what you want this place to be um, but when it comes time to actually build right the the house or the building um, the the written document that you'll have to go by the architectural plans the building plans the things that the builder actually um, uses to construct it that will look entirely it'll look the same but it'll look different right um, and that's kind of the way we have um, need to think about chapters 36 through 40 in the book of Exodus. Almost all of this material that we find in these last few chapters, we find in another section of Exodus, um, that would be chapters 25 through 31. And specifically, um, this relates to the vision that God has for what the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, will look like. Um, his vision, God's vision for this, what, um, you know, what will go where, what are, what are the different ways um, it needs to look, what's the design, what is the, what is the vision behind all the different articles, whether it's the Ark of the Covenant or the Holy of Holies or what have you, um, what is all that? Um, that's, God's, that's God's vision, God's heart for what his house will look like. Well, when we get to the end of Exodus, these last chapters are more like the building plans. It actually walks us through um, how these things were constructed um, and the order in which they were constructed. Now, this material, um, again, um, simply reiterates and focuses on and recapitulates things that we have already heard. And so we're not going to go through these last um, several chapters um, verse by verse because we've already gone through them and explain the significance of 
what is going on in the tabernacle. Um, but we are going to try to do some sort of summary um, theme related things related to what we're seeing in this in these last chapters. And now if you're if you're an Israelite, I want you to put yourself in this position. So if you if you if you are reading the book of the law and God tells you something, and then you get to the end of the book of the law in Exodus and he tells you to do something again. All right, he repeats it, which is essentially what what these last chapters are in Exodus with a few minor um, alterations of details and the order in which you find things, etc. Then it's going to really be impressed upon you what God is directing. That was a little mosquito. Um, it's going to be really impressed upon you that what God is instructing the people to do in the building of this tabernacle is really important. Um, it holds a high theological symbolic meaning. And it's interesting that the writer of Hebrews, which is where we're going to start this morning, tells us why what the Israelites were doing here in receiving this vision of the tabernacle um, of God, um, its design, and then ultimately its building, why this was such a big deal to God. And subsequently, why it was to be such a big deal to the Israelites. So let, let's look, let's start by looking at Hebrews 8 this morning and think about this as a commentary on the book of Exodus, which is, is exactly what it is, okay? The writer of Hebrews, look at verse 1 of chapter 8 of Hebrews. Now the point in what we are saying is this, we have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. There's a lot in these seven verses. It's going to help us understand why Moses ends the book of Exodus the way that he does, focusing all this attention on the construction of the tabernacle, the, the tent of meeting, the place where the Israelites would go to worship God. One thing that should really grab our attention, folks, is what the writer of Hebrews says in verse 5, in speaking of the tabernacle, and speaking of the furniture and the furnishings and the design of the tabernacle verse 5 they it says this they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things hmm that's interesting he, he he the writer here is seemingly saying that god did not just arbitrarily come up with all these intricate designs and plans for what this tabernacle will look like and what the priests would wear and the way the sacrifices would happen. They were actually types or shadows 
of things going on in the heavenly realms. Now, when we think about that, I don't think we, we're supposed to think that there is a literal altar in heaven where, where blood is of bulls and goats is being offered up, or that there is a, um, a physical tent in heaven. No, I think the word shadow or type here, which says copy or shadow, um, means that the things that God had the Israelites do related to the human tabernacle and testimony were meant to point to heavenly re realities, heavenly truths, things that are um, going on related to God and his activity and his character. And that by constructing... Um, Think about like a little clay model, okay? Or, or, or think about growing up. I'm trying to think about the best way to explain this. When we would make model airplanes or model aircraft carriers, okay? Um, they were shadows, they were types, um, and it came with all these intricate instructions, how to paint each little individual piece and how to glue the, the airplanes on to the carrier and, and how to paint each piece and design it. And it was, it was pretty intricate, right? But reality, I mean, nothing compared to what it would be to construct a real aircraft carrier, all right? So, so in, a, in a lot of ways, the tabernacle was a little model, okay, of not a physical tabernacle in heaven, but a, a, it was a model to, to communicate, it was a parable to communicate spiritual realities. And, and it was because of this, okay, and the theological lessons that were embedded in, in truths that were embedded in each aspect of the tabernacle, that this was so important that the Israelites get right. It was so important that God laid this out for them in detail. It was so important for them to, um, for them to, to be able to, as they're building this tabernacle and putting it all together, to realize this is communicating something um, about the nature of God and who we are and how we're to relate and worship him. Now, what we are going to do this week is spend time looking at each piece, okay, of this tabernacle testimony. We'll do a couple of these each day and talk about how they point to a heavenly reality or a heavenly truth. Um, and the one I want to point out here, okay, um, as we're as we're as we're thinking about this, is to point out okay um, what it says here in verse six, where it says, "But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises." So, the writer of Hebrews is telling us that the testimony, the, I mean, the tabernacle that was built in the Old Testament as a shadow of heavenly things, was part of the Old Covenant. It was part of the way the Israelites were called to worship God um, under that Old Dispensation. And the reason, it, it, the reason that the Old Covenant was incomplete, okay, um, was just a shadow, was because the people would have to offer sacrifices every day. There was never a time that they would not have to offer sacrifices. Um, and as they were offering sacrifices, I think their minds and hearts would have immediately gone to the fact that um, I wish there was a day and a time where our sin was dealt with so decisively that we didn't have to offer these physical sacrifices. 
another piece of this that's interesting is that most people may, may not realize this or you may that that people didn't get to actually go into um, the tabernacle okay there was a courtyard for them to go into and there was an altar where they would come and the priest would offer it but the inner parts of the tabernacle were off limits okay remember the holy of holies which would have been the extreme back only one person one time a year got to go in there that was the high priest and then you had the second room and that was called the most the 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 whole the holy of holies the most holy place the holy place okay um, which was the second room from the back um was where the bread of presence was and the lampstand and these are some of the things we're going to talk about in the next couple of days this week um only the priests were allowed to go in there and sometimes okay the, the the tent of meeting the curtains would open and the people would get a glimpse of what was happening inside but that was as close as they would get and this was all symbolic of the fact that the old covenant with the sacrifices was not going to deal decisively with man's sin or my sin or your sin it was awaiting a more perfect sacrifice and of course that was jesus and that is jesus and the covenant he mediates is better because it's built on a better promise as it says here in verse six and the better promise is simply this that jesus died once for all for sins um he is our permanent priest he is our permanent tabernacle we now have access to the holy of holies the very presence of god and of course the old covenant cannot do this because it had not dealt decisively with sin but the new covenant has because of jesus and as we embark on unpacking the significance of every aspect of that tent of meeting and how it's a reflection of a greater biblical truth um, we need to be reminded and comforted okay that jesus has made a way for us that he is a better sacrifice he is a better um, high priest he is he mediates a better covenant and because of that we can rest in him we can rest Sorry. in what god has done and siri for some reason wants to pipe into this devotional but think it this morning about centering your heart and your mind and your thoughts on Christ, okay, who is the fulfillment of all the things that we see happening in Exodus because he has um, mediated a better covenant because he is the perfect sacrifice, the perfect high priest. And I look forward this week to unpacking uh, some of these key elements and how of the testimony of the tabernacle in Exodus and how they point to Christ and doing that with you. Hope you'll join us here our last week through the book of Exodus. Um, all right, so guys, let me pray for us. We'll go about our day. Lord, we pray that you would fix our mind and our heart and our eyes on this better covenant that Jesus has enacted for us. He enacted it through his own blood. And we want to see anew how even in the Old Testament, you are preparing the way for this better covenant, this better mediator, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you back here tomorrow.